Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the J. Rolden Speaks Podcast. This is episode 63. I hope you had a great week or are having a great week. I don't know what is it you're doing. I don't know what it is that you have been doing. But I just want to say thank you so much for spending some time with me this evening. If you're new to this show, if you're new to this live, what I ask for you to do is get some earphones and find the quiet place. I don't know where you are. Maybe you're out in the mountains. Maybe you're out on the beach. Maybe you are without friends or maybe you're just by yourself. But whatever it is, whatever your stage of life is, I want you to find a nice quiet place. And those of you who are working hard, studying hard and preparing for something really really tedious tomorrow or maybe something really great tomorrow i want to welcome you especially because i made this live just for you just so you know Plaquita. anyway so you better be getting some sleep by the way i just i just wanted to declare that all right before i continue this is episode 63 and i'm so 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 looking forward to having a nice great awesome live tonight guys i'm going to be reading some poems by a woman named sarah tisdale she actually won a pulitzer prize if you don't know who pulitzer is joseph pulitzer right he's a he's one of the first uh businessmen that actually (laughs) had one of the first businessmen that actually created a newspaper industry and so i want to (laughs) read some poems by Sarah Tisdale because she is got some great stuff okay look she's got two great collections okay one of them my favorite ones one of my favorite ones is one called mirror of the heart this is actually one of my favorite ones but unfortunately she didn't win the Pulitzer Prize for this particular collection she did win one for another one called love songs and those are just as wonderful and special Okay, so, like I said, I wanted to read some poems by Sarah Tisdale, and she was a 1918, I believe, 1918 Pulitzer Prize winner, and she won a prize for a collection of poems called Love Songs. Now, I want to dedicate this particular podcast to everyone that has gone through some really, really tough times in their lives, and especially during this time. Now, there's a misconception that, you know, whenever we hit December, it's, well, it, it's supposed to be a happy moment, and it should be, and it should be like a family-oriented moment, like, like season, and we should always get together with, you know, great friends, great people, and also just, like, and so... Sarah Tisdale unfortunately died at a very young age. She was about 40, I believe, 43, 45, mid-40s around there. And, well, not to go too too much in detail about her death, but it was tragic. And, well, as you guys will see in a lot of her poems, she wrote a lot of great poems to some really great men in her life. And, you know, when... And you'll see, whenever we you start hearing these poems... Okay, so, real quick, I know some of you guys are asking about the typing, and, and uh, I just want to... I just want to let you all know everything's okay. I'm just getting this live ready, and I'm also checking on Blanquita. If you guys don't know who Blanquita is, he will soon. So I just want to make sure she's okay. She's got a a pretty big exam tomorrow. And so 
I just wanted to make sure that she's all prepared for it and she feels ready and, you know, just... I just want to make sure she's okay. Anyway, everybody <laughs> By the way, Blanquita, you should be in bed, you should be asleep. So, get some rest, alright? But I want you to listen to this live. <laughs> alright, here we go, guys. Here we go, here we go. So, I want to dedicate this podcast to those who have been suffering through mental health issues and just a lot of things that are going on in your personal lives. And I can't say enough about, you know, what those struggles are. But I want to encourage all of you to please just listen to these words and whatever it is that's going through your mind, try to blur out all of negativity, whatever that you've been told before, whatever you thought you've been hearing, whatever it is that like people were saying to you or, you know, whatever dis discouragement you've, you've received, whether it's like 10 years ago, uh, yesterday or just a few hours ago, I want you to do your best to like just don't listen to them. Just block those out. Hold those, whatever it is, expressions that have been said against you. And I want you to supplement them. I want you to substitute them with these words. All right. So I'm going to read some poems by Sarah Tisdale. And if you know somebody that has gone through some really tough times, I want you to encourage them. I want you to reach out to them. And I want you to really, really just like send them a, a text message or just call them. I want you guys to reach out to them and just let them know that. Just send them a text. Hey, hey, listen, I know it's late and I'm sorry to disturb you, but I just want you to know that I've been thinking about you. And, you know, if, if they're your family member, if they're someone that's super close to you, if you know them really well intimately, then tell them that you that you're thinking about them, that tell them that you love them, that tell them that like, man, I miss you. And just let them know that everything's gonna be okay. All right, y'all. Shall we get started? All right, so I'm gonna read some some poems from three, three parts from her number one best-selling collection of poems called Love Songs. And I'm going to start with one called Ebb Tide. All right? You guys ready? All right. Once again, those of you new to this live, get some earphones, get some AirPods. Let's get ready to listen to these words. And find a quiet place. I don't know where you are, but just find a quiet place. And just have no distractions. Stop cleaning. <laughs> Stop studying. Rest. You need rest. And you need to just like be ready for tomorrow. All right. All right. Here we go. We're going to do a five second countdown. I'm going to drink some water. You guys know the drill. Whenever I drink some water, you guys tap on that screen. Tap, 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 tap. Let's get this live shared to as many people as you know. And let's do this. All right. I'm going to drink some water. So while I drink, you tap. Then we will begin. By the way, if you guys don't know this, this is my trusty old water bottle. <laughs> So somebody's asking if if I'm in love? Yeah. I sure am. Sure am. It's a great night. <laughs> All right. This one's called Ebb Tide. You guys ready? Here we go. It is All right. Sorry. Let me let me collect my thoughts here. All right. I'm going to start this track one more time. All right. Here we go. 
the long day goes by and I do not see your face. The old wild restless sorrow steals from its hiding place. My day is barren and broken, bereft of light and song. A sea beach bleak and windy that moans the whole day long. To the empty beach at ebb tide, bare with its rocks and scars, come back like the sea with singing and light of a million stars. Because you never tried to bow my will or break my pride, and nothing of the caveman made, you want to keep me half afraid, nor ever with a conquering air. You thought to draw me unaware, take me for I love you more than I ever loved before. And since the body's maidenhood alone were neither rare nor good, unless with it I gave to you a spirit still untrammeled too, take my dreams and take my mind, and master, I shall say to you, since you never asked me to. I sang my songs for the rest, for you I am still. The tree of my song is bare on its shining hill, and for you I came like a lordly wind, and the leaves were a world far as forgotten things. Past the rim of the world, and the tree of my song stands bare against the blue. I gave my songs to the rest, and myself to you. All right, y'all. I actually read three poems in a row, but I want to say this real quick. You want to learn something really cool tonight? You want to learn something really cool tonight? You ready? Okay. Seriously, listen to this. There is a philosopher. His name is Roland Barthes. Okay? His name is Roland Barthes. And I've mentioned him before in some of my other lives. But I want to spend a little bit of time talking about Roland Barthes. By the way, those of you like really, really love intelligence and want to grow, you better listen to this because this is totally going to blow your mind and it's going to expand your mind. Roland Barthes came up with an essay called The Three Meanings. Okay, It's one of the m most fantastic essays you will ever read in your life. If you want to make a note of it real quick, write down his name. So his name, first name is Roland. Second name is Bart, so it's B-A-R-T-H-E-S. And the essay that he wrote is called The Three Meanings. Okay, like the three meanings. All right, here we go. I'm, I'm, I'm like so looking forward to like sharing this with you. All right, especially you, Blanquita. Listen to this, okay? So there are three levels of meaning. Now, before I continue, Roland Bart is a linguist. He is a philosopher. He is a sociologist and many ways a rhetorician, which that's going to take us down so many turtle shells, which is a Heraclitan 
terminology, by the way. If you don't know who Heraclitus is, he's a, another philosopher. Anyway, so <laughs> there is three types of meanings. And once again, he's coming from a sociology background, right? So he's coming from like a more linguistic approach. So he doesn't have a lot of like, like, shall we say, engineering experience. He doesn't have a lot of like technical hands-on training experience. And you could include the medical field as well. But here's what I want to go with this. He wrote this beautiful essay called The Three Meanings. And in it, he talk, talks about what are the three types of meanings. He says that there are, in anything that you look at, right? Anything that you watch, anything that you hear, anything that you like make, anything that you create, anything that you interact with, pretty much anything in this world, okay? Anything. There are three levels of understanding what those are. In order for you to appreciate what those are, you need to understand like what are those three levels. Let's start with the first one. The first meaning, okay, the first level of meaning is the superficial, okay? And and that's not a negative way, okay? Like he doesn't say like superficiality as a negative thing. He actually says like the surface level. So it's what you see, okay? It's basically what, if you guys don't know what denotative, con the difference between connotative and denotative, okay? Connotative has a much more like like representation, like something more symbolic. But denotative is more surface level. So it's like, you know, if you take pretty much any object, okay, if you take a ball, if you take a picture, if you, whatever it is, maybe you're in the kitchen cleaning and, <laughs> and whatever it is, you look at it and when you describe it, okay, when you describe it, you describe it at the surface level. So, you know, if, if we take, okay, if we take this, for example, okay, this is a guitar tuner, okay, and from a first level meaning, a denotative meaning, it's what you see, okay? Right? It's this shape, it's black, and you know, it's got electronic parts, it's got a button, and it's got a label, right? So it's very, very surface level. Now, why is this important? Because when you first come across an object that you don't understand, okay? And I'm including people, by the way. You can include people in this. This is the exact same process you take, okay? This is not what Roland Barr actually argued in his essay, but this is what I'm articulating for y'all because I want you to see how you can apply this in your lives and in poetry itself, right? Or whatever profession you're in. So why is this important? Because <clears throat> sometimes when we are trying to understand people, we tend to skip certain parts. We tend to skip certain levels of meaning. And we tend to really, really not, we, take, we tend to take for granted, like really, really appreciating someone at the surface level. Now, don't get me wrong. There's been some really bad people out there that have been really just cruel, violent, and just very hateful and just left a scar on us and it seems like that will stay with us for a long time and hopefully not forever but for some it seems like it feels like forever but understand that these are all just surface level scars and sometimes we allow those scars to like penetrate into our soul into our hearts and then we let it like take a stronghold and we think that this is how it's going to be for the rest of our lives 
But then someone comes along and sees something <clears throat> deeper in you. Something that you thought wasn't possible. Something that they saw beyond the surface. And this is the second level of meaning. The second level of meaning is symbolic. It's representative. You may look like the way you do. You may be pretty. You may be average looking. You may be whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You may be whatever. But there's something deeper inside of you that is so captivating. It is genuine. It is, it means so much to so many people and especially that one that can see it in you. And sometimes he cannot explain why he sees that in you, but he just does. And he wants you to take your time and realize that, yes, of course, you're gorgeous on the surface. You're gorgeous. There's no doubt about it. But you are more amazing. You are more beautiful. You are more gorgeous in that soul that you possess. Right? Like, like there's something so amazing. Like, guys, let me show you, let me share with you all something so amazing about Blanquita, okay? Yes, she is very pretty. She is she's very pretty but damn like when I got to start to get to know her heart and like you know her background where she's coming from and you know just the type of personality she has you know I mean yes she has wittiness she's a little sassy sometimes <laughs> but she's a hard worker she's so intelligent and like loves her parents, loves her family, has a great, great passion and heart for the things that she cares about, you know? And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, I'll never forget, as long as I live, just how amazing she looked and sounds like when she started talking about children. I can't tell you, like, how much that just blew my mind. Here I was listening to her describe like what if how much she desires to be a mom and just like wanting a child and like I just was I couldn't believe it, you know, I couldn't believe that like Do you know how precious you are? Right? Do you know how precious you are? That says a lot about where your heart is no matter what the scars are whenever what the experiences were in the past no matter what has happened to you that's something that can never be taken away from you and it's only gonna get sweeter it's only gonna get stronger it's only gonna get more like profound and you're gonna have like such a zest for like life and you're just gonna have like this amazing amazing warm soul that when people around you especially whenever you have children they're just gonna want to like follow you you know they're just gonna want to like be around you you know
I know that's something that you see in me as well. I know there's something there that you cherish and that you want and you want to grow with. I know there's something there that speaks to your heart, complements it, right? It complements it. That's. I feel totally at ease when I'm with you, when I talk to you. Truly. Nothing gives me more satisfaction to know that I spent some time with you. Whether or not I helped you, whether or not I just like offered you encouraging words, or just let you like unwind and unleash and like whatever frustrations you're going through, pour it on me. Just let it, like, just pour it. Don't worry. Okay? Don't worry. (laughs) I can handle it. Just, this is what love does, okay? Like, like love endures it goes and takes whatever it is that like was hurting people and like just allows you to unwind and we have a really great word in spanish which means to desahogarte desahogarte means like to undrown yourself right like you truly just like undrown yourself like let it all out and then once you let it all out and let it go then, well, then you can start to, well, build, right? Create and bond and expand and all these things, right? So somebody's asking how 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 I met her. <laughs> That's it's kind of a tough one. I mean, maybe Blanquita should share it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want. If I don't know if I can. I will say this. It wasn't without challenges, obstacles, right? But that's just part of like getting to know somebody, right? Like you get to see, like you get to experience like miscommunication, right? And like things that like you thought they said or didn't say or didn't do, all these things, right? Like the typical like relationships whenever they develop, right? I, I'm shoot. I will say this, I will say this. I remember, <laughs> I don't even know if I should share. Do you remember the guitar phase? Like, do you remember that? Do you remember that when, like, there was, so, Blanquita, there was a time when she was, like, playing guitar, and it was interesting, you know? She would post, like, times sessions, and she would, play guitar and you know it was interesting and so I basically like replied with playing also guitar and like basically like playing the other half of the song 
and things like that. <laughs> and yeah, so like it started like that and you know, just took time to for her to write back and you know, I wasn't you know, just I wasn't impatient and I'm still not and like just let her just talk whenever she felt like talking and things like that and And so I don't know, it was kind of sort of on and off in terms of like communicating and then I think it's sort of like I honestly like I I kind of forgot about her for a while because you know I didn't hear back from her and I just thought well you know she's not interested in all these things so you know I just moved on and you know just did my own thing and by this time I already started this TikTok poetry thing and then early this past year like I think it was like May or something like that I was doing a live and like all of a sudden she had showed up and I was just really really surprised and I didn't expect it and like I just thought you know this is interesting and and well I was happy to see her very much and I just didn't know what happened but I don't know I just let her just reach out to me and and I asked if I could like FaceTime her call her all these things and and I remember her face. I remember watching her face the first time I talked to her on a, on a FaceTime chat. And, you know, I don't need, I, I didn't take any screenshot or anything like that. Like, I didn't, I didn't need any of that stuff. Because I remember her face so well. Her hair was up. And it was actually, like, tidy. Like, for being so late. Like, what was it? Like, 1 o'clock in the morning or something like that? And you were, like very very tiny and just really kept and and your eyes were just so big you know like like you were smiling through your eyes like for real you you truly were smiling through your eyes and it was pretty amazing and and then like you just allowed me to kind of break the ice and and start the conversation and and of course you responding and it was really great it was a great conversation it was really playful and 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 you mentioned something in that conversation that I'm not going to share here because you know that's something that I think is only between us. But but I'll definitely remind you the next time we we talk we talk. So yeah, that's how it sort of started. And well, guess what happened? <laughs> I actually went to go see her. And I it was one of the best sights I've seen. We didn't hang out very much, very long, because she was very busy. But I cherished every second. And it it it's 
it's it's been a while since like I was very like shall we say strong I had developing strong feelings from one and and I I did get a little emotional because like I, I, I hated thinking that like time was running out and like I had to go back and things like that and you know so I was more like upset about the time but I was also thankful that I got to spend some time right and just seeing her and just it was amazing man. it was amazing best hug I've ever gotten and I'm not even going to describe the the hug for you all because that's something personal for me because I'll never forget that hug. I'll never forget it. Anyway. <laughs> Alright, y'all. Let me read this one to y'all. This is another one by Sarah Tisdale. Here we go. This one's titled The Wanderer. You ready? I saw the sunset colored sands. The Nile like flowing fire between. Where Ramses stares forth serene. And Ammon's heavy temple stands. And I saw the rocks where I long ago, above the sea that cries and brings swift Perseus with Medusa's snakes, set free the maiden white like snow. And many skies have covered me, and many winds have blown me forth. And I have loved the green, bright north, and I have loved the cold, sweet sea. And what to me are north and south, and what the lure of many lands, since you have learned and leaned to catch my hands and lay a kiss upon my mouth. So when I was 13, I lived in the Middle East for most of my young life, actually. And I remember going to Egypt to play in a sports tournament, actually. I played in a soccer team and also played volleyball and, and basketball. But soccer and volleyball were like kind of like my, my driving sports. and. The, the club team that I was with, we traveled to Egypt to play a couple of local teams there. And on our day off, we could explore at our choosing like where we wanted to go and, and check out. And of course, me and my friend, we decided to go check out the pyramids and the, the Sphinx. And um, and the Nile as well. And so, if you ever get a chance to go to the not to, if you ever get a chance to go to Egypt, really, really like go and go when the sunset is setting on the Nile, 
and just pick anywhere around the edge and I guarantee you you'll never ever forget that picture because there's this true like really interesting like kind of like a, a, a red orange ish glow that kind of bounces off of the Nile and the Nile actually is green so just so everybody knows it's got this really really like really crystal green sort of emerald appeal and so whenever the sunset hits those lights right and and they bounce off of the the Nile then um, it just creates this really amazing horizon and it's absolutely just beautiful and I remember when I was a kid I was thinking you know I want to take the woman that is in love with me someday I want to take her here and I want to kiss her right here in this very spot right here and I remember the spot too it was really really like a really cool like little park and you know you could the Lyle's right there and you know you could see like the pyramids in the distance and and I was thinking man this would be a great place to kiss someone you know and I was thinking like why did I think like that why did I why did I why am I like that because I want the person that wants to be with me to feel absolutely special and I want them to know that like hey right here in this place this is where like I was planning to like take you for such a long time and I want you to know that like nothing and no one else could ever substitute you right and so that's why you're the only one that i took here and i wanted to take care and so that's why like that kiss is going to be in that particular place is going to be special just for you right this is part of like this idea of like dwelling which is something that i talked about in my other lives which by the way real quick real quick i just want to say this real quick i wanted to finish talking about like the three meanings okay real quick i, I think you're gonna find this funny actually so the first level, once again, is is surface level, okay? And the second level is the the representation, the symbolic. And then the third level is something that is very abstract, okay? And this is this is where like you're gonna have fun thinking about this. So let's take for example, <laughs> I heard I I recently came across this so. You know, I'm, I'm sure you guys heard of like this meta, this this phrase before, but like, you know, whenever you whenever you find someone that like absolutely moves you and that, you know, you fall in love with all these things, like many people tend to say, oh, yeah, my heart skips a beat. Right. So <laughs> the first level of meaning, right, which is surface level, it would be like kind of like very literal and saying. You know, if you think about it, like if your heart is skipping a beat, that's kind of like arrhythmia and that's kind of dangerous. You could die, actually. <laughs> so like you could die. Right. And so like that's sort of like the surface level meaning. It's very, very literal. And it's very like just, you know, there's really nothing else to talk about. There's really no other explanation. There is no other meaning. But if you look past the literal and you dive into the second level of meaning, which is symbolic, which is representative, right? It's symbolic, it's metaphorical. Then you can like start to understand like why these phrases exist. And they exist because you're trying to basically wrap and create this message in a very, very tiny like phrase, right? In a really like constraint choice of words. And so that's the second level of meaning, okay? 
and that's mostly where most human beings dwell like this is where we sort of like communicate to one another about like how we think about things how we feel about things how we are about things so that's usually kind of like where poetry is okay so i like to think of second level of meaning as the arts and the first level of meaning as the science okay this is not a criticism whatsoever but i just want you guys to understand like if you ever come across someone that is like very science oriented then what is going to happen is that they're going to take things very literal right like which is why like whenever they do their job right in the medical field usually okay not all the time but usually they're really good at like separating like their feelings from the task at hand right which is why you want somebody like that in that situation right you don't want somebody that's just overrun by emotions that they're gonna make a mistake right that's something that I, I personally don't want someone to take care of me in that way, right? So that's why they're at the surf, they're they're at the first level of meaning, right? Life for them is very very like grit. It's it's really like you know it's 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 this or that, right? It's black and white. Okay, there's no middle area. And then you have like more of the artsy people that like okay, yes, there's definitely a. a there's definitely a, a black and white area, but there's also some that are like sort of in between. And this is where things get a little bit complicated because this is where like representation comes in, this is where metaphors come in, this is where symbolism comes in, things like that, okay? Anyway. So those are two types of intelligences, right? And then we come across the third level of meaning. And Roland Barthes calls this aptus or obtuse, sorry, obtuse, O-B-T-U-S-E. So obtuse meaning is something that is just like, it's, it's, it's not even symbolic or literal anymore. It's something else. And I'll be honest with y'all, like if this is your first time listening to this terminology, don't feel bad if you don't understand it because it's very difficult to grasp. And some of us won't even grasp it until like months later, days later, sometimes years. I know for me, it took took me quite a few months. So just bear with me just for a second, because when it comes to poetry, okay, there's three ways you can analyze poetry. Number one is the literal way, okay? It's what you read, it's what you are listening to, what you're hearing, and that's it. And then number two is the metaphorical, the symbolical, the much more like deep-rooted richness of the poem. And then number three is the abstract, right? Something that is beyond the, the first two levels of meaning. When you combine all these three, this is like, an intelligence that like is beyond compare right somebody that can actually like differentiate level one level two and number three that's someone i want to hang out with honestly because like that's that's pretty cool like you should you should absolutely find someone like that because the conversations are going to be so fun <laughs> you know what i mean like like next time they look at a at, at something right like a rocking chair or like constellations or you know some gaseous state or something like that, right? They'll be able to like define those things for you, right? Or with you. 
but then they'll like ask you why those things exist right that's the second level of meaning like why do those things exist yes we have a rocking chair yes we have constellations yes we have gaseous states right yes we have the elements yes we have so many things that exist on this earth that's the first level of meaning but the second level of meaning asks why why do those things exist right why do they, why are they here what are they for what's their purpose right that's that's really like this the the second level of meaning right and that's somebody that is like it's it's honestly it's fun to talk to those guys because it's just if you ever get a chance like seriously just sit down with like a scholar or a philosopher or like a historian or you know just somebody that's really really into those like anyway personally i have some speakers i would recommend but I think some of you guys, you should make up your own minds in terms of like who you want to listen to. <laughs> but here's where things get like a little bit complicated. And shall we say, mm, crazy. And it's the third level of meaning, which is obtuse meaning. It's so abstract so different it's not even symbolic or literal anymore it's something else and that's what like is really hard to explain because if you can see it if you can understand it if you can like grasp it but can't explain it that's a pretty good indication that that's obtuse meaning. And that's what I was trying to get at earlier about like, not being able to articulate why you love someone, why you are attracted to some things in your life, why you are just like naturally gifted in some areas and other areas not, right? Like. You can't explain why. You just know that that's just how it is. And so I always refer back to Jackson Pollock paintings. And if you guys ever never get it, have never seen one, like seriously, go and find a replica somewhere. And just like stick it on the wall somewhere and just look at that thing. Just look at it. Don't even like come prepared. Just go watch, look at this thing, sit there for a while and just dwell. And then like, let your eyes just kind of do their own thing, right? Like let your eyes just kind of take it. And at some point, something's gonna click. For some people, it's gonna take hours. For others, it's gonna take just a few minutes. And then for the very few, it's gonna take like, a long, 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 long time. And for me, it took a long time. It really did. It took a long time. I actually didn't really like Jackson Pollock paintings because I thought they were like just weird. <laughs> they were just weird, right? And I was like one of those typical, typical guys that said like, oh yeah, and anybody can do that, right? Like a 12-year-old can do that, right? All these sort of like superficial criticisms. And it wasn't until like, just, I would say about five years ago, really, that I 
sort of clicked. And I finally understood what it means to appreciate an artwork that didn't really have an intention of being what it was constructed to be, which is just art, right? If you ask Jackson Pollock, I'm sure he would just like let you decide for yourself and just say, yeah, this is my artwork. I was going through a certain mindset and, and certain state of being when I was creating this. But I certainly didn't have a one way of understanding this, of appreciating it, of like experiencing this, right? That's something that he wants us to just figure out for ourselves. And so, as I've said in my many of my lives, like there was this one line in one of his paintings that just kind of like really intrigued me and I couldn't understand why like it was it wasn't anything special I mean it was a yellow line but I mean there were other yellow lines there there were white lines or purple lines or black lines or red lines orange lines green lines all kinds of lines and all of them were doing like something different they were all like doing these like scribbling squiggles and just all kinds of movements and things like that and so, why that one line? Once again, surface level meaning, right? First level of meaning is you just describe what you see. Oh, it's a yellow line that's going through all these other lines and it's going from left to right or right to left and maybe in a certain degree, right? Surface level, okay? Important, by the way. And then second level is, okay, what does this line represent? Well, I mean, you know, if you go through like psychoanalysis, for example, like then you can maybe like deduce that maybe the yellow line is symbolic for some type of state of being that I'm in, or maybe that you're in, or whatever, right? Like sometimes colors have certain like meanings, right? But now, even after you analyze it, even after you like figure it out right even after you analyze it is that it no because there's a third level of meaning the third level of meaning is somehow it just clicks for you without explaining it without understanding it and that meaning is something you cannot explain and once you realize that you cannot explain it, that's the third level of meaning. No explanation is required. The only thing that you have to do is accept it. Accept the fact that you cannot explain it. Accept the fact that there's nothing for you to figure out. Accept the fact that you're just attracted to it. That you really think there's something special about this. There's something really important about this for you, right? What is that? I don't know. You have to figure that out. I know what that yellow line means for me. I know how it's applied in my life, but that doesn't mean that like my friends and my neighbors, my cousins, whatever, they have to have the exact same experience, right? If I take my brother to a Jackson Pollock museum, he probably think I'm crazy, right? Like, what do you mean this yellow line is, you know, how you feel about 
a relationship. <laughs> You're crazy, right? But that's the third level of meaning. I'm never going to convince him or me what that line means. It just is attractive, attractive to me. And so I make sense of it by applying it in my own life. I don't know why I'm, I'm attracted to certain people in my life, right? And by the way, when, when, you say, when I say attractive, I don't mean like, like intimate relationships. It can be like friendships, right? Colleagues, right? People that you just get along with or just, you know, just, you know, even like the pets that we own, right? Like we have a, a certain like natural bond with them, right? And sometimes we can explain like why that is. You know, I like certain dogs. Some people like other types of dogs, right? Same thing goes with cats. Certain people like certain cats and other people don't. Things like that, right? Like, we don't know why, right? Same goes with decorating your house. Like, some, some people like certain styles, right? But that's the third level of meaning, right? It's beyond the surface. It's beyond the representation. It's beyond understanding. And all you have to do is accept that it's just unique. And so every time I look at that Jackson Pollock painting, it reminds me, wow. Now I understand why I feel attracted to certain people. Now I understand why I only like certain dogs. Now I understand why I like some, some type of cats. Now I understand why I like certain ty some type of coffee mugs. Now I understand why I like certain types of drinks and you know all these other things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like, my favorite is when it comes to relationships, right? Like on the surface level, when I love someone, yes, of course, sure. The physical there, you know, right? It's, it's okay. So what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure, they're pretty. So what? What's the, what's the second level? Second level is what does their heart represent? Right? Like, what are they? Are they kind? Are they just thoughtful? Are they just someone that? is really just wanting to help people and just have just like a great heart, right? Like, what do they represent? What does their heart represent? And I'm not trying to like belittle that second level of meaning, but even then you still have to ask, so what? All right. They're pretty, they're kind, so what? What's the third level of meaning? Can you really explain and fully grasp what they mean to you? You can begin by describing it, 
Sure. By all means, go ahead and describe it. Write it on paper. Type it somewhere. So what? What do they mean to you? What is their what is your life like with them? Around them? Do you feel settled? Do you feel loved? Do you feel just like your days aren't the same when you don't have contact with them, when you can't have any type of news from them, right? Words from them. And if so, Maybe you shouldn't worry about trying to explain why. And just accept the fact that that's what happens to you. So, you know, like, obviously be thoughtful, right? Respect them, all these things. them. Send them a text and let them know, hey, I was thinking about you today. Can't wait to see you again. Can't wait to talk to you. Or if you know that they were traveling and they said, Let me know when you arrive. Don't worry about the time. Little things like that, right? It's pretty powerful. It's pretty amazing. So, that's the third level of meaning. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to fully understand it. But as long as you accept it, then you're at that third level of intelligence. Right? Three levels of meaning. Descriptive metaphorical, abstract. Now apply those in poems. Apply what you hear in poetry to your life. It's gonna take some time, but I guarantee you if you dwell in it long enough, if you like really really just study it long enough if you really like at least just like let it wrestle in your mind for a while right let it simmer in there i guarantee that you're gonna look at your life in a much different perspective and those of you who came late to this life 
to this live, I mean, once again, find an essay by a French sociologist, linguist, rhetorician, philosopher. His name is Roland Barthes. Once again, Roland, R-O-L-A-N-D, B-A-R-T-H-E-S. And look for an essay he wrote, an article he wrote. It's actually, technically it's an essay called The Three Meanings. Read that thing. And you're going to understand why certain people are the, the way they are. And you yourself are going to understand like, why you are the way you are. Got it? Alright, y'all. Peace flows into me. As the tide to the pool by the shore, it is mine forevermore, and it will not ebb like the sea. I am the pool of blue that worships vivid sky. My hopes were heaven high, and they are all fulfilled in you. I am the pool of gold when sunset burns and dies. You are my deepening skies and give me your stars to hold. dreams and you took and you took my empty dreams and filled them every one with tenderness and nobleness April and the sun the old empty dreams where my thoughts would throng are far too full of happiness to even hold a song Oh, the empty dreams were dim, and the empty dreams were wide. They were sweet and shadowy houses, where my thoughts could hide. But you took my dreams away, and you made them all come true. And my thoughts have no place now to play, and nothing now to do. <laughs> it's not what you think it's actually a really good it's a really happy poem <laughs> see why do you dream that's gonna be an ex a very extensive lecture okay I'm not gonna answer that for you I would love to by the way okay I would love to I read of a lot of psychoanalysis work when I was in my doctoral program but, but let me ask you this simple question why do you dream most of us dream because, like, we're trying to achieve something that is unachievable 
at, at that stage of our life, right? So it's like a it's like a it's like a future thought. It's like a future like thing to to attain, right? But another reason why we dream, which is also part of the reason why we like have these goals in mind, is because well honestly we're just like afraid. We're afraid, truly, of something. And so we want the dream to sort of like take away that fear. You know, like whatever that may be, okay, like like let's just since we're talking about like relationships and stuff like that, like what do you dream about someone, right? Sure, you might be in love, you might be infatuated, you might be whatever, okay. But maybe because you are afraid that you may not be adequate enough. Right? And unfortunately, that's the wrong mentality, y'all. Like, this is very difficult to explain to... to it's easy to explain to men. It's difficult to explain to a woman. So I don't want to rent to that realm in here. <laughs> but let me say this to a guy, okay? Let me let me share this information as if there was a guy taught listening into this right now. When when we think that our life is inadequate at whatever degree or level. That's a very dangerous ground because what makes a man important and attractive is his confidence level. And so the moment that he starts thinking that, oh man, if I don't achieve this or get this girl or whatever, get this woman, you know, my life's not the same, right? And I just want to say, be very careful with, with, with thinking like that, okay? Because that's not true. And that's not to de-appreciate, de de okay? Or devalue or like, you know, not like truly, truly like really like loving and respecting a woman's worth of course of course a woman is worth is worth it okay but you yourself have to be very careful because like you cannot you can't allow that to like basically make you less of who you are and I know I'm talking very vague here but like here's here's the best way I can exp I can put it okay let's hypothetically let's suppose you do mean you do meet your dream girl okay you do meet someone that's just like wow man like this this is the one right this is the one Well, 
how who, who are you before you met them okay who who are you before you met them did you have a routine did you have like a certain like ambition or goal that you were trying to achieve like what was your personality like right were you a go-getter were you just like you know super like kind-hearted and thoughtful and all these things and like you know maybe i don't know just ask yourself that okay who are you and what was your routine before you met them now after you meet this dream girl and that you like are starting to like develop a relationship and like just like spend some more time with her ask yourself that same question again who are you now now that you've met them did they strengthen those qualities about you here's a little secret and it's not really a secret but here's a little like tip and i'm talking specifically to men here those qualities about you before you met them are the reason why that dream girl of yours is attracted to you the reason why she wants to spend some time with you she wants to get to know you because that's who you are you understand like that's who she wants to be with she wants to be with that kind-hearted soul she wants to be with that warm just hearted man she wants to be with that just goal getter and intelligence you know growing intelligence gaining wisdom being thoughtful being kind-hearted helping people right all these things she wants that she wants to be part of that so are you still like that after you met them and i'm going to be very careful with sharing this but even your routine actually if it's drastically different from how you were before you met them be careful with that because now what you're doing is you are putting erroneously erroneously putting your worth in someone else and if that relationship doesn't work out later that's the reason why it hurts right you feel saddened betrayed whatever all these things but what you really did man is that you betrayed yourself bro you need to put your worth in the things that you were already before you met them and potentially maybe the reason why they're not attracted to you anymore is because you became somebody else right so i say this with a lot of respect a lot of love but don't put your worth in another woman that doesn't mean you shouldn't 
you can't love them. Of course you can. That's a preposterous thought. You can absolutely love a woman without putting your worth in them. As a man, you need to be a pillar. Okay, You need to be a stronghold. You need to be a house. You need to be a foundation for her. Right? So that the moments that she has bad days, the moments that she's just overwhelmed, the things that like just she needs like an outlet, right? That's what you need to be for her. Right? You need to be that way. Someone that she can come can come home to, right? Someone that she can just unwind to, someone she can share her thoughts, her feelings and you know, whatever experience she's she's experienced that day, right? She can just like pour it onto you. And so you know your worth now. See what I mean? Like, that's what you were before you met them. That's why they want to be with you. This one's titled Lights. come home at night and close the door, standing together in the shadowy room, safe in our own love and the gentle gloom, glad of familiar wall and chair and floor, glad to leave far below the clanging city looking far downward to the glaring street, gaudy with light, yet tired with many feet. In both of us swells up a wordless pity. Men have tried hard to put away the dark. A million lighted windows brilliantly inlaid with squares of gold, the winter nights but to us standing here, there comes the stark sense of the lives behind each yellow light, and not one holy, joyous, proud, or free. This one's titled, Other Men. When I talk with other men, I always think of you. Your words are keener than their words, and they are gentler too. And when I look at other men, I wish your face were there with its gray eyes and dark skin and tossed black hair when I think of other men dreaming alone by day the thought of you like a strong wind blows the dreams away So, 
didn't finish my talk about dreams, but I want to say this real quick. <laughs> and once again, this is talking to men specifically, okay? So if there's any guys in this live or you guys know of a guy that like really could listen to this and, and use this this really word of encouragement here. When you do develop your characteristics, okay, and 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 I'm hoping that they're good ones, okay, like like honor, being just diligent about like working and striving for truth, right, and like pursuing wisdom things like that okay like it is very important for a man to come to this realization and here it is do not waste your time thinking that the woman that you're with or interested in that you are going to be substituted or replaced do not waste your time thinking like that do not waste your time You have qualities about you that they saw in you initially. And there's no substitute for that. You don't have to waste your time worrying about that. Because they are attracted to you for the things that you are already. And for whatever reason, they become unfocused and just like lose interest for whatever reason. Trust me, it is not your problem. There are things in that person's life that they have not resolved. And they need to figure that out first. And so they try to find it in like various people. And it has nothing to do with you. So continue to be that amazing, confident man. Once again, I'm speaking to men who have developed characteristics that are honorable, that are constantly pursuing wisdom, that are wanting to grow, okay? That are kind-hearted, okay? Truly, like, have this genuine love for people and, like, want to help people, okay? Also wise, okay, like 
Like, they're not naive. They're wise. Right? But they're honorable. Okay? Wise and kind-hearted. So those are the type of men that I'm speaking to specifically. Okay? If there's a guy that doesn't have those qualities, you need to, like, get... Like, you need to learn quick, bro. Or not quick, but, like, you need to, like... You need to pursue those things, man, because that's going to change your life. You need to pursue those three attributes. What does it mean to be honorable? Well, don't cut corners. Don't lie. Don't steal, right? Like, truly, like, treat people with respect, right? And, and you know, and this is, this is probably, like, one of the hardest lessons that I learned. But, like, hold your tongue. Truly, like hold your tongue, right? Don't retaliate. Okay, if something somebody says something to you because they just want to get a, re a reaction from you, don't. <laughs> it's fantastic whenever you achieve that skill. It's super hard, but it's an amazing quality. An amazing quality. You will never, you won't regret it. Right? Be honorable. Right? Be kind-hearted. Love people. That's hard to do as well, by the way. That's a hard lesson to do as well. Right? I have many friends that, like, grew up in broken homes and just, like, you know, just didn't have a mom or a dad in their life very much. And so they develop like these sour hearts, right? But I also know that a lot of my friends that did grow up in broken homes, later in their life, they pursued honor, honor, truth, and kindness, right? And they found a way to love these absent parents right and so like there's something very truly special about pursuing someone that doesn't love you back it's hard but man what a game changer what a difference you make <laughs> truly we need more people like you we need more people that are going to be pursuing people that hate them or just don't like them or don't know about them can you just do me a favor can you can, can you just picture that for a second like do you know somebody that just completely dislikes you that completely like hates you that just really doesn't care for you okay it's probably a painful memory right now And in your heart, you're probably thinking, there's no way in heck I'm going to ever love that person. Ever. They don't deserve it. And trust me, I understand what you are feeling right now, okay? I felt a hatred for someone in my life for a long, long time. 
And I, when I say hate it, I, I truly mean that. Like, I hated this one person. I'm not going to mention who they are because it doesn't matter anymore. But truly, what was happening is when you hate that person, when you really dislike that person, okay, when you just have this, like, sourness about them and just, like, unease and all these things, right, like, when when you when you actually declare there's no way that person deserves my my love my kindness my respect right well i'll take the respect is a little bit different so i'm just going to say my kindness that's when you need to be careful because what's happening is your heart is becoming calloused and you're imprisoning yourself right metaphorically speaking you're isolating yourself you're not allowing your heart to actually develop and grow, expand. You're not allowing for forgiveness to be part of the equation of love. For me, that is the greatest lesson any human being can ever learn. True, true forgiveness. And I'm not talking about saying somebody saying, Oh, yeah, I forgive you. No, it's like deep-rooted, heartful, wholeheartedness forgiveness. It's the type of forgiveness that you would never, ever want to forgive someone of. That's what I'm talking about. Forgiveness is for the unforgivable. That's not my quote, by the way. It's by another French philosopher. His name is Paul Ricoeur wrote a book called The Pedagogy of Forgiveness. You need to read that. You, All of you need to absolutely read that book. It's called The Pedagogy of Forgiveness by Paul Ricoeur. And he writes that line, forgiveness is for the unforgivable, which sounds like an irony, but that's the point. Because how can you forgive somebody that doesn't deserve it? That's why you need to forgive them. Because they don't deserve it. <laughs> okay? This is not like something that I came up with. Okay? this No. I've learned this through many great people. Many great people. And ladies, 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 ladies. Okay? Listen to this. Okay? Now I'm speaking to y'all right now. If you know... A young woman or if you have daughters or nieces or whatever tell them this they need to be pursued by a man that knows how to forgive let me repeat that one more time they need to be pursued by a man who knows how to forgive That man will absolutely change and embedder people's lives, including the woman that he pursues. That man changes his environment, his household, his neighborhood, who knows, maybe even his region, his city, maybe even his country, I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously exaggerating here a little bit, but 
But that man absolutely is someone that will fight for the relationship, that will restore it, that will do, that will be patient, that will be slow to anger and abounding in love, right? This is a quote from the Bible, by the way. Someone that is filled with a loving spirit that will forgive the most unimaginable, unforgivable act. From the smallest annoying details to the greatest unfathomable notions. So if there's any young ladies listen to this, if there's any like, and even all y'all that are listening to this, Sure, it's nice to find a man with money, yes. It's nice to find a man that is, like, confident, yes. It's nice to find a man that, like, you know, takes care of himself physically, things like that. I mean, don't get me wrong, those things are important. But they are developing from a man's forgiving and loving heart. A man that is truly, like, that really knows how to implement forgiveness is a man that will want to improve his life naturally, that will want to take care of his body naturally, that will want to gain wisdom and be patient and extend the most kind-heartedness to you possible. If he can love somebody else by granting forgiveness for them, can you imagine what kind of love he has for you? Just think about that. Just think about that. All right, I'm not saying like I'm like I know there's other guys like me, okay? I know. May not be in abundance. But that's one of the reasons why like I was telling y'all earlier like I'm not worried. I'm not worried about like I don't, I don't waste my time comparing myself to other dudes, right? When I'm when I'm like pursuing somebody in my life, right? I don't waste my time thinking like that. Because that's an insecurity that like I've 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 like just gotten rid of a long time ago in my life. I used to be like that. Don't get me wrong, I used to be like that. But then I realized, yeah, it's a waste of time. I have qualities about me that I know the woman that I'm pursuing wants to be with. And the greatest quality, the greatest quality is what I just mentioned these last 10 minutes. It's about understanding true forgiveness. That is why I'm warm-hearted. That is why I'm thoughtful. That is why I want to grow in wisdom. That is why I want to... That's why I have, like, a strong passion. And yes, of course, I do get emotional sometimes, but it's not for, like, dumb reasons. It's not for insecurities. It's because I'm just overwhelmed with the thought of, like, loving this one woman and, and, and making sure she feels... 
precious, desired, safe, protected, right? She can see a future, right? Things like that. I know she will see a home in my heart. Because of the compassion of forgiveness that I have. And so I don't waste my time comparing myself to other guys because a woman that doesn't desire that from a man yeah that's most likely someone that I probably wouldn't get along with right or or, or wouldn't want to get along with me right simply put right which is why earlier when I was talking to the men in this life right like if there's any guys that are listening to this like Develop those three attributes, man. Honor. Pursue truth. Wisdom. And be kind-hearted, right? Which is develop your practice of forgiveness. And as long as you have developed those three, I'm telling you, man, you are absolute gentleman you are an absolute joy you are an absolute amazing man you are priceless that no salary could ever compare to you are so precious that no material car or house or belongings could ever equate. And you are so loving and kind that no hatred in the world could ever take that away from you. Could ever dethrone you you are truly a king to all the little kings out here in this earth we need more of you every day making a difference being consistent and just teach others on how to be honorable, pursuing of truth and kind-heartedness. All right. All right, y'all. It is midnight. I am getting tired. And so much that we talked about here. Don't forget about those three levels of meanings, okay? Just to sort of wrap up this podcast, we talked about Roland Barthes' three levels of meaning, right? Surface level, metaphorical, abstract. And then we talked about forgiveness, right? And the attributes of what a good man is, right? honor, pursuit of truth, kind-heartedness, right? And, you know, 
understanding patience, understanding consistency, and truly like developing confidence in that understanding, right? Like, like that's what confidence comes in, guys. Okay, ladies, ladies, I know you know what a confident man is, but some guys can like really fake it really well. Okay, if they don't have honor, if they don't have, if they're not pursuing truth. Okay, like ge genuinely pursuing truth. Okay, and of course, kind-heartedness, right? Which most of us are attracted to anyway. But if they don't have the honor part or the pursuing of truth in there, like they have to be present, guys. They have to be present. Those things have to be there. If they're missing one of those attributes, especially pursuing truth, if they're complacent in that area. Red flag, y'all. Seriously. Huge red flag right there. Like, don't, no. Just don't waste your time with those guys because they're not truly honorable. They're not truly kind-heartedness. If they're not pursuing truth, like, like absolute truth, okay? Like, if they're not pursuing that, those other attributes don't matter anymore. So, that's how I'm going to end this live. That's how I'm going to say <laughs> And once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm sorry that I have rambled more about this than the actual poems themselves. Trust me, we're going to come back to Sarah Tisdale in another live because she has so many great other poems out there. I've only read like what, like maybe four of them tonight, but she's an amazing poet and I will definitely come back and read some more of her work, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't continue this podcast without actually explaining why those attributes are important because and here's why guys okay just to just to sort of wrap it up and tie it all together and this is something i didn't share at the beginning of the live but unfortunately sarah tisdale died when she was about 45 ish mid 40s i think maybe 48 and she loved hard like like truly loved like like a, a man okay she didn't she only pursued one man at a time but unfortunately she was broken hearted by these idiots and so well she ended her life right at, at that age and I didn't. I don't know her that well. You know, I don't know her. I, I'm not a scholar of Sarah Tisdale's work. But I would imagine that all those broken hardships and relationships really just, obviously, influenced her quite a bit, right? And that's why I wanted to spend this podcast because I wanted to remind you all, of, like, what type of men you should be pursuing. And that's why I was talking to men and also women about why we need to develop those things. And by the way, I need to say this real quick. I need to say this real quick. A kind-hearted man, a man that knows how to forgive and that has forgiven, okay? the most unforgivable person that they know in their life, okay? 
make no mistake, these men have gone through the most terrible, terrible experiences you can think of. So when they forgive, they really know how to forgive because they know exactly how hard it was to forgive. These men don't just like appear and just like be all of a sudden like saints, okay? Like you don't get to be a forgiving man without understanding the complexities and the difficulties and almost the hesitancy of offering forgiveness. But that has to be the root of what makes them a great man. This is what you need to teach your sons and daughters, right? Especially the ladies that are in this live right now. Like, this is what you need to be looking for in a man. What is their level of forgiveness? What's their story? Like, truly, like, find out what that is. And if they don't have one, okay? Like, if, if, if they don't, like, truly <laughs> knows, if, if they truly don't know what it means to be broken... And in the end, like, learn how to, like, surpass it with love and kindness, right? Like, forgiveness. If they haven't gone through that, then, like, those guys sh probably shouldn't be dating. Those guys, okay? And that's probably something that I'm going to get a lot of, like, response from, <laughs> from a lot of dudes, right? Like... Look, I don't represent all guys. But the man that I am today is a thousand times so much, so much better than what I was five, ten years ago. I know I'm kind-hearted. I know I am warm-hearted. I know that I'm patient. I know that I have no issues of control whatsoever. I know my worth. I know And so I no longer dwell in that past. I no longer dwell in those like negative thoughts. I no longer com dwell in like comparing myself, right? Because I know that those three attributes that I mentioned are something that I lacked. And if those three attributes were the ones that actually like changed my life for the better, And praise God because that's what that's what I needed to experience that's what I needed to do that's what I needed to go through in order to become the guy that I am now and my life is so much more pleasant now you know I sleep really well at night I have so much fun don't get me wrong there's days where it's like I, I 
I do feel a little bit lonely sometimes, right? But it's not like an overwhelming loneliness, right? It's not like that. It's not a depressing loneliness whatsoever, right? Especially around this time, right? Like, this is, this, once again, I dedicate this to, like, every person that has, like, is going through some really hard struggles right now because you would think that, like, Christmas time is, like, a time for, like, happiness to just be everywhere. But it's in these times that, like, a lot of people get really depressed, actually. And so, chin up, guys. Cheer up. I promise you, those feelings are so temporary. And they're deceptive. They're absolutely deceptive. Because you have such an amazing quality that you don't even realize yet. You have a capacity to love, but you haven't developed it yet. You have a hunger for truth, but you haven't spent enough time pursuing it. And you have a capacity to change. But you're believing the lies and the struggles that are holding you back from being honorable, becoming honorable. So you have those qualities already, but you just need to develop them. So cheer up, because that's something intricately designed in you. Do you know how interesting you are? I know this sounds cheesy right now, but truly, do you know, do you know how interesting you are? There are experiences that you have that nobody else has experienced before. And yeah, there's going to be experiences that other people have experienced before. I'd rather talk to somebody that has gone some of the worst times ever. I want to get to know that guy. They must have an amazing story. And you might be still going through it. And it probably sucks right now. But man, if I come across you, don't hesitate to like stop me and just like share that story with me. Alright? I'm not gonna solve your problems. I'm not I'm not I'm not I can't do that, okay? I don't know what I I'm not like that. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't have that power, I don't have that capacity. But at least I can share my story with you as well and let you know what I had to do to change my life. There was no way in heck I would be ever think I would be doing these right now. No way. <laughs> no way. Did you know I was so like self-conscious of my own voice, y'all? Like I was made fun of when I was young because I mumbled a lot. Truly, I mumbled a lot. And I had a pretty bad speech impediment, actually. It took me a lot of practice to... get rid of it, really. And now... I love this. I get to, like... 
do this. This is fun. This is so much fun. <laughs> and like, I can actually hear myself talk and, you know, I've trained myself to stop my impediments from happening. You know, there's, don't get me wrong. There's like every now and then they're like, it's sort of like comes to the tip of my tongue and I'm like, Oh, don't say it. <laughs> but my, my technique is I basically like pause very for a length of time. So those of you who've been watching my lives and you see that sometimes when I'm like in the middle of a, of a thought process or developing a thought and I pause in the middle of that thought, it's because I know subconsciously, like, my speech impediment is gonna, like, it's gonna show up. And so, like, I, I control it, basically, right? And so my technique is to, like, do a little, little bit of a pause and then, you know, collect myself and then continue, right? So, just a little tip for y'all, those of you who are interested in maybe doing a podcast, okay? So, you know, don't be nervous, okay? Just talk about something that you're really passionate about and then, you know, practice, keep talking, and then, you know, you're, you are gonna sound bad don't get me wrong okay i'm not gonna sugarcoat it for you it's gonna sound really really awful and terrible but the more you <laughs> the more you do it the better you're gonna get at it and then you're gonna notice that you have certain like certain enunciations that you need to correct and make it better right make it much more performative and you know presentable things like that so anyways y'all <laughs> All right, this was fun. Thank you guys for being here. This is episode 63, and I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Thursday. And whatever it is that you're doing, if you're going to work, if you're doing exams, if you're just, well, going through something in your life, then I hope that it goes well for you. And, you know, whatever challenges you face, that you do it with a lot of passion, a lot of patience, and that you learn something great about yourself and you develop that, right? And once again, I hope those of you who have children or, you know, have know some nephews or, you know, brothers or something that could use this message, you know, don't, don't hesitate to share it with them. And, you know, really, really hone in on those three attributes guys okay and one last thing real quick so those of you who are new to this live and or perhaps don't come to this live very often please know that i do have a podcast account and after this live if you want to go find it on spotify then you can search for j rolled and speaks and you'll see a profile picture of my face and I want to say a special thank you to all my patrons and all of my supporters. Thank you so much. I I do apologize for not being on these on these shows as often. This has been a very very busy season, you know, with work, and so hopefully things will settle down and I can do these more often. But I want to just let you all know how thankful I am and and I hope that you guys come back and enjoy these and that you're learning something new and I try to share some new things most of the lives sometimes it's a little bit repetitive but tonight I wanted to share some concepts by Roland Barthes and so I may continue with that a little bit more in the next live but I'm definitely looking forward to sharing some more terminologies and here's one here's a little preview about my next one that I want to talk about so there's another 
French philosopher, his name is Jean Brodriard, and he came up with this term called simulation and sim simulacra or simulacra. Oh man, it's a mind bender. It's going to be so awesome, and I can't wait to apply it into the poems and also into the stories that I'm going to share. And so be on the lookout for that one. I'm not sure if I'm going to do that for the very next live, but possible the possibilities are definitely there. But it's definitely going to be something that we, that I want to dive into more. But anyway, don't forget about the three meanings by Roland Barthes and Sarah Tisdale. We are definitely going to come visit her again one more time and spend a lot more time on reading her work. She's an amazing writer, truly, truly gifted. And I can't say enough about just how cool and just how heartfelt her words are in these poems. Anyways, y'all, have a wonderful rest. Hopefully, we'll see you back here sometime. And if you have it in your heart, for those of you who don't support me on the Spotify account, if you have it in your heart to support the podcast, please, 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 I could really use that support, y'all. I can't tell you how much. I enjoy these lives, but sometimes I got to spend my own budget on like getting some new equipment and things like that. And so I just want to say once again, thank you to all my current supporters. You have made a difference. Honestly, I've been getting some new cables and um, even though it doesn't look like it, this lighting back there is new. So thank you so much. And those of you who aren't supporting the podcast yet, please consider it because it does make a difference. And I want to make these podcasts much more visually appealing and also the sound quality to be so much better and also the soundtracks too i mean some of these are free but some of them are also some that i pay for and so you know costs go up and stuff like that but anyway just think about it all right buenas noches nos vemos si los quieres mañana un gran abrazo para ustedes y bueno hasta mañana <laughs>